Welcome to Impact on the Crown with Tia. I'm the CEO of a tech for good company and passionate about making a difference. This podcast series will dig deeper into the, what it means to make an impactful change in our society, whether you are individual, charity, social enterprise, company, grant maker, or government body. It's all about collaboration, sharing ideas, and working together. And we are here to talk about how this works in practice. We also focus on the dynamics uh, of those who have resources to give and those who are actually doing the beneficiary work on the ground. Impact on the ground welcomes Patrick Eve from uh, the charity called Possible. So what, uh, welcome Patrick, what does Possible do? Thanks Tia, uh, you, are, you actually pronounced my surname right as well. Because uh, yeah, it's Swedish, uh, so most English just say you, so thank you. Um, what does Possible do? Uh, we're a smaller climate charity basically. Our whole ethos is around basically inspiring the action that the climate crisis demands. Um, but we do that in a positive and practical way. And we're all about giving and presenting the public all the different ways that they can increase their climate action. So you are uh, kind of encouraging individuals to take small steps towards you know, a better future for our planet. Both, I mean, our theory of change would be around sort of individuals taking action at a grassroots level, but also we want that national systemic change. We, our ethos is all around combining the two. The two go hand in hand. Governments and politicians will take actions if we as individuals and groups show them that we care about an issue uh, and that we want change. But by the same token, obviously, to create that bigger change, we need, yeah, we need policy changes um, to create that fast and meaningful impact. So, yeah both go hand in hand for us. Yeah, I think it's very interesting topic, this, uh, you know, the role of, gov- or of the government. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, it can be crucial. You know, sometimes it's not needed. Uh, you know, individuals and companies might take action towards something without regulation, but then there are a lot of uh, things that actually would benefit from uh, tougher regulations. I guess the you know, the plastic bag initiative originally when they became like mandatorily, you know, charged, it changed the whole way of people using plastic bags. And it, it and I'm sure that there were a lot of charities and maybe even your charity has been lobbying, uh, don't use the plastic bags, you know, uh, in that quantity, but then the individuals always forgot their, you know, long, long lasting bags home and then didn't even care. But then when the regulation took place suddenly, Many people started to remember. So, yeah. so I guess that was a really good kind of uh, action that the government took and uh, made a tremendous change. What do you think now in terms of regulation? What should be done exactly now, you know, for the climate? Wow, I'm not, a, I'm not a head of policy or a campaigner, but I mean, there are sort of, there are obviously massive areas um, where there can be change. I mean, we engage in the, we work where, in the areas where the public can have a difference. So we as a public, for example, how we get around our transport, you know, the use of incentives perhaps to encourage active travel to move away from cars in cities, there should be better public transport. Um, aviation is a massive issue. You know, we need to perhaps remove incentives for flying and increase incentives for train travel for longer distance. Into energy, there should be incentives for 
renewables and support and not even incentives, removing blocks. We've had a long-standing campaign around removing planning blocks for onshore wind, which is the cheapest form of energy. Um, so, I mean, and then you get into diet and so on, um, you know, what we all eat and buy on a daily basis and the products. So, yeah, I mean, transport and energy would be two key ones that yeah. would come to mind where clearly the government can have a massive impact. Um, very quickly and that also obviously links to jobs and so on yeah um, but yeah we at possible are obviously we always try and step back and look at the big picture um, you know to be honest it's you know it's less about recycling and more about tackling consumption um, but yeah transport is just a key source of our emissions as is sort of clearly what we eat and buy so yeah, we will try and look your at those bigger issues. Uh, are your activities at the moment, uh, you know, kind of circling around these topics? So tell us about some something about your project. What do you actually do? What do you ask consumers to do? Yeah, good question. I mean, it's very varied because, yeah, like I say, climate, how we can have an impact on climate change in our day-to-day -day lives can vary from what you might buy at the supermarket this evening for dinner to how you go on holiday to you know that pair of jeans you might buy so our campaigns sort of have that um they go across sort of transport so aviation is a big area for us to look at so we've currently got a few you know we always try and look at a positive and practical solution we don't just sort of highlight a problem and say stop doing this stop doing that it's all around well what we want people to want to take change and make it really yeah. positive and to be honest, aviation is one of the harder areas to make put that in a positive light because there's so many great things associated with flying, be it new experiencing, meeting new people, new cultures. But for example, to encourage train travel, we've got a campaign, uh, a mark called Climate Perks, whereby your employer will give employees that take the train rather than fly extra time for that longer journey. So if you wanted to go on holiday to Rome next month that might take a day on a train to get there so your employer would give you an extra two days for that return journey so that's a positive way to encourage better behavior but then we also on a positive um, on a policy level have we have a request for what's called a frequent flyer levy so basically 15 percent of people take more or less like 75 percent of flights it's a real niche there's almost like a majority of people will not take a flight this year um, but a lot of people, a small amount of people will take a lot of flights. So can we sort of reduce that behavior? Because we have to, you know, there's no sort of techno fix for aviation. There's no magic wand. We simply have to reduce that behavior. So yeah, can we have it that maybe there's a tax for the more flights you take, the more expensive that flight is. Hmm. Um, but otherwise, yeah, then we get into, you know, there are a lot around sort of nature and the nature-based solutions. So clearly everyone knows about tree planting. Yeah. Um, you know, and how positive that can be. And there's a lot around sort of dealing with the impacts of climate change. Also, like by planting trees, it can help with the risk of flooding, um, increased biodiversity and so on. So, um, so we have a lot around nature. And then we have, yeah, what we buy. So I've mentioned diet. We've just launched a campaign that's happening next month called Climate Cooking, which is encouraging people to look at, yeah, what they eat and the impacts on 
sort of their carbon footprint and the climate around that, obviously around, you know, perhaps meats or thinking about, you know, where is your food coming from? Is it local? Is it, I mean, it is a bit of a minefield, but we want people to really actively think about that. Um, and then, yeah, then it's sort of quite geeky techno areas. So anything from, I mean, this is using jargon, but decarbonizing heat. I think this is an issue where the public, we need to fast increase awareness around the use of gas to heat our homes and how poorly insulated in the UK our housing stock is. And so we've got campaigns to now start looking about that because, yeah, it's a major issue in the UK how wasteful we are of sort of our heat in our homes yeah. and how reliant on gas we are. Um, but, yeah, that's also one of our challenges to create what often are areas that are quite techy and boring to sort of general public and how we engage them in a sort of, positive and interesting way so yeah some areas are easier than others so um, do you have a, a lot of company partners uh, who are funding you volunteering with you or uh, how are you being funded currently and resourced yeah we don't have lots of corporate partners to be honest just because we are that bit smaller you know um but we have a few and they've been super supportive and yeah they work really well so one of our long-standing partners has been ben and jerry's um, they've supported our, I mentioned our, earlier, our campaign to remove the barriers to onshore wind, and they've supported us since, gosh, probably 2016. So it's a long-standing issue um, where they've given that support and that sort of reach in terms of social media and promoting our campaigns, um, encouraging so people to sign petitions. Are they uh, supporting you, giving you uh, kind of reach and visibility rather than money? Yeah. They did, they have given us money as well, um, yeah. but they've also helped develop like um, campaign assets. So they did an amazing video for us a few years ago and so on. So yeah, they've been very helpful. Um, and then we've got uh, Brompton um, Bicycles. We've got a new campaign or launched late last year called Car Free Cities. So encouraging us to challenge the dominance of cars in our cities, we need to reduce cars and the pollution in our cities and across the UK it's a major impact um and clearly yeah we would love more people cycling as would clearly Brompton yes. so it's a very relevant fit so yeah they support us in terms of PR sort of that media support trying to come up with sort of stunts that might get the public and media engaged and also obviously give us money so we have that campaign capacity so that we can yeah. I think it's campaign is on the ground very good uh, all these kind of shared value partnerships you know they are the future you know for sure like you said that you know uh you know the bicycle brand gets access kind of to your followers and people who are conscious about the environment and 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 their activism and uh so they get also commercial benefit the more they succeed in commercial wise the more you benefit yeah so i think that that's always the best kind of model uh, to go 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 for that, you know, everybody can work together in the longer term, and it's not just like a one-off thing. But um, uh, if if there is now a company uh, who might not have a direct link to your kind of um, or direct benefit, how can they still kind of maybe volunteer? You have do you have like active tree planting uh, kind of a program that they could participate, or what else can people do to volunteer with? you yeah um 
Um, yeah, there are opportunities. You mentioned sort of, I think, tree planting. We've actually got a whole campaign of hedge planting. Mm-hmm. We want, you know, trees seem to be far sexier than hedges. We're, <laughs> we're, we're the big hedge fans here. Um, so, yeah, we're actually working with farms across the UK. Obviously, the plant, planting season is like October to March. Yeah. Um, we couldn't do it last um, sort of winter that season. So, yeah, upcoming, we'll be working with farms near cities across the season and we would love to engage corporates um in that and obviously employees um we also have yeah like say our campaign car free cities is currently working in uh birmingham bristol leeds and london but there are sort of ways that the wider public and cities across the uk can get involved so for example we start we would love to see parklets in cities across the uk don't know if you know about this this is basically yeah taking over would be a space for a parked car and yeah. cars are generally sat idle for like 94 percent of the time so you know within our cities parked cars take up a lot of space and we would love the public to envisage well how would you want to use this space in your sort of road and your community do you want it with lots of parked cars or would you like more green space would you like benches would you like um, space for children to play more trees so yeah parklets are a way for people to sort of have that conversation and get their creative juices flowing and think about well yeah what would i want to do with that so yeah corporates and volunteers can help us around sort of creating those um but yeah often we work in a bespoke way with corporates um to see what we can do because yeah due to our size we're very nimble and flexible um and we can come up with opportunities what is your turnover like annual turnover it would be sort of sort of goes up and down but basically a bit under a million pounds so around 800 grand so yeah we are a small organization about over sort of 20 members of staff so yeah um, but it's still a good size uh, you know organization that uh, you know you have uh, structures in place and uh, you know you can coordinate probably um, you know stuff with even larger organization you know you have people working for you uh, so, uh, you know, even bigger corporates probably, you know, could be considered as your partners, but I'm sure any any size and type of organization would be helpful. By the way, is, if somebody's fundraising for you, let's say teams fundraising for you, what, you know, uh, how many trees or hedges can you get, like, let's say for thousand pounds approximately? <laughs> oh, gosh. Do you have any numbers? <laughs> Um, we, we would for tree, tree planting. I mean, this is it. It's, it's funny. I was literally just filling out, uh, updating our details on 1% for the planet. And they were asked that exact question. It's like, do you have any metrics? Like yeah. how many? Um, and it's a challenge for us, to be honest, because we're not a carbon cutting organization. You know, uh, we work on a cultural level. We want people to take action. It's almost like, um, yeah, we want it's hard to track those behaviors but i mean what you what we would reference is basically in terms of that reach and that public engagement so we could quantify if someone gave us x dollars or pounds you know that would help us reach a certain number of the public it would engage them in an issue it might even get them to sort of take action on an issue we could break that down but for us yeah that's a challenge because there are very easy ways and very sort of cost-effective ways to cut carbon but to get the change that we want and on a national level you need the public engaged 
and you need them engaged on a cultural level and you need people talking about issues. So if you decided to sort of change your energy supplier tomorrow or decided, well, you know what, I'm going to go meet free Monday to Fridays. We want you to tell people about that. We yeah. want you to sort of share that with your friends, your family, because that's how we sort of get that ripple effect and that bigger change and fast. And we mainstream and popularize these solutions. But if you don't, from us and our theory of change, almost like it doesn't have anywhere near as big an impact. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, and I, I definitely be believe the power of, uh, you know, the change of culture or change of habit. As you know, people are habitual creatures and we, whatever we shop or whatever we do, you know, drive a car, you know, whatever. It's just like, if you don't think about it, you just do what you've been always doing. But then, you know, if people talk about it and like you said, you know, people recommend alternatives, there are alternative incentives, then you suddenly change your behavior and you'll stick with the new one. But it doesn't happen easily. You have to kind of do it consciously. And yeah. uh, I think it's a, it's a very, very powerful. I think, you know, these initiatives that you talk about should be in every, every single company's and individual's agenda. And the companies obviously are pathways to reach all of the employees. And in some cases like Ben and Jerry and Prompton have done all, also their customers. So yeah, uh, you know, I think every single company should kind of promote these kind of behavioral change, whether they work with you or not, but, you know, kind of in general, because that is the truth that, you know, everybody has to, you know, kind of do something. We cannot just think that we as an individual, it doesn't matter what I do, because this climate, you know, climate change is such a big thing. What does it matter if I drive a car or eat meat? Isn't it right? I mean, yeah, it is I'm on board. Yeah, I like concern. it from the rooftops. I like it. Yeah. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. Um, climate change is such a big issue, and it obviously can seem so big and intimidating. But like I say, our ethos is we sort of uh, we call it sort of being stubbornly optimistic or having climate courage. That, yeah, we can't stick our heads in the sand and we can't think, oh, what's the point? That's not our ethos. It's like there's so many solutions out there and so much we can do that's so easy and fun and so beneficial that go do it, basically. Um, and, you know, the solutions are out there. And we need the government and organizations and companies and we as individuals should doing it. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're about. We want to make it as easy as possible to do something. Um, and as you say, from a company point of view, yeah, I mean, talking to customers for us is absolutely amazing, but it just creates that far bigger ripple effect. But yeah, just talking to employees, and as I say, that the impact and value of that peer-to-peer -peer influence is really, really powerful. Um, yeah, there are yeah. a lot of studies. Um, uh, uh, when I was doing my MBA, I... I read quite a lot of articles about green consumption and how to influence people. And I, I, I guess people, there are different kinds of people, yeah? And some people, even if they read a lot of papers or articles or whatever, they wouldn't change their behavior. But if a friend tells them to or asks them to, then they do it. So I guess that's very good for people to kind of recognize that, you know, they can have an impact just by talking about it, because there are loads of people who, who don't change their behavior unless it's someone they know who is kind of talking about it. Yeah, and completely. That, that's a scientific fact. I mean, this is really like a research fact that, you know, it, it makes a difference. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we've even done research on other issues and people often think like they're the anomaly that oh, I care about this, but no one else does. And it even happens on a political level. We've had MPs come to us and say, oh, you know, my constituents, they don't really care about climate change. It's not an issue top of their agenda, uh, which is the complete opposite. We know from polling and research that it's really hard, even with COVID, it's such a high issue, particularly obviously with younger people, but even for older people, climate change is one of the top issues. So this is why, yeah, you've got to tell your MP and you've got to tell people yeah. this is an issue I care about. But yeah. if you don't, they think otherwise. And often people think, well, I'm the only one that cares about climate change or, you know, we've had it with specific issues such as onshore wind where people go, oh, you know, I don't mind wind turbines, but I think a lot of other people think they look ugly and, you know, they're not a fan. Well, when you do polling, it's like 75% of people are for onshore wind turbines. But you often get these narratives, and we've had it obviously with sort of low traffic neighbourhoods now and active travel in cities where, yeah, the classic thing of you get a vocal minority that skew how an issue appears to the wider public. When in fact, you've got this big silent majority that are for you know, an intervention or an activity or, you know, this action, but because they're silent on an issue, people think otherwise. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I guess we can conclude uh, that uh, everybody can make a difference and, and uh, do their bit for, you know, preventing the cli climate change or stop the climate change. But also, I mean, I would, you know, recommend uh, companies to maybe check out your profile on whatimpact.com so it was possible uh, and uh, see how they could maybe collaborate with you or the employees uh, volunteer. What, what you had a request, I guess, on what impact uh, regarding, uh, was it some kind of a service that you were after that would be helpful and would help you save money? Yeah, we've got a few things we're actually looking at at the moment. I think it's to um, yeah, add value to our sort of campaigns. I think I mentioned like hedge planting and coffee cities. We're also looking to redo our website. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a, obviously a key thing for us, you know. Um, but it also is that reach. Like I say, we really, our aim is to talk to people outside the green bubble. You know, in terms of the people we want to speak to, we know there are an inc I mean, a slither of people in the UK that are climate deniers. Um, we're quite lucky in the UK, it's not a very vocal um, bunch of people. And then you've got people that are clearly doing a hell of a lot for climate action. And it's almost like, well, you guys keep going. We'll leave you to it. You're doing great work. But you've got this big amount of people in the middle that know climate change is real, know they should do more, they want to do more, and they just need a bit of help and inspiration and assistance in doing that. And we would love to talk to those people. Um, and if companies are sort of, if they're employees or it's their customers, we would love to work with them. So yeah, spark that meaningful climate action. Um, but yeah, in terms of the nitty gritty of what we do, yeah, I think we've obviously updated what impact. There are a few campaigns um, yeah. that could really benefit from that support. Okay. Well, thank you for this chat, Patrick. And I wish possible all the best. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you for your time and um, speak to you soon. Thanks so much for your yeah, support and positivity, Tia. Really appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye.